Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Conversation of Our Generation. And today we will be talking about common sense and not just the kind of common sense we could all use a little more of, but the actual book, Common Sense or Pamphlet, rather, by Thomas Paine. And The Conversation of Our Generation is where we are solving the problems of today with the wisdom of the past. My name is Nick Jamel, the creator and the host of the podcast here. And today's book review, I think, is just important to, again, recognize where we are in our country, and some of the dividing lines that we see and how, again, they're different from historical dividing lines that are very fresh in our minds that we think about a lot. And one of those big dividing lines was between the colonies and Britain, because obviously that's what birthed our country. That's really where we get so much of the idea about self-governance, about secession, and some of these other ideas. And so that's what I want to dive into today is this book, a little bit why you should read it, a little bit of what it's about, and some of the ideas that lie, that are in it, and again, most of all, why you should read it and how it pertains to what we see today. And so before I dive into all that, I want to remind you that you can find me at conversationforgeneration.com for more of just about everything that I do, everything rather that I do is there. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, just tw- search Conversation for Our Generation, YouTube, same thing. If you're watching it there, or listening to the podcast, definitely subscribe. And then the last thing that I want to make sure I mention, well, two things. First is if you go to locals, my I now have a local, so it's conversationforgeneration.locals.com. You can follow me there. And there's extra early content. So these book reviews and other interviews get posted there early. I'm going to have uh, extra content that's going to be for people who are subscribing there or you know is bought separately. I have some ideas in mind. And then lastly, if you do subscribe for $2 a month there, you get the first month free right now if you use the link in the show notes. But anyone who signs up gets my book. So that I think is a good reason to sign up in and of itself. So with that, let's go. Oh, and lastly, speaking of my book, before I dive in, I want to remind you to check out the my book on Amazon. It's just search property rights in the digital age or check the show notes for the link as well. And so with that, now let's hop into the quote, which I'm going to read from Common Sense. And I think this is a great, a great quote to understand the distinction that we have to make between what was happening in the colonies and what's happening now in our country. And so Common Sense, this is pretty much right at the beginning, he says, Some writers have so confounded society with government as to leave little or no distinction between them, whereas they are not only different, but have different origins. Society is produced by our wants and government by our wickedness. The former promotes our happiness positively by uniting our affections, the latter negatively by restraining our vices. The one encourages intercourse, the other creates distinctions. The first is a patron, the last, a punisher. That, I think, is a very key distinction that we have to remember when it comes to talking about our society. Sorry, I hear my dog barking and things going on above me, so hopefully you're not hearing that on the podcast, but I do think that we have to draw those distinctions between society and government. We kind of amalgamate these things together that our culture, our society, and all these things blend together to create the country in a way and to affect our environment, but they're really distinct things. It's like if you said, 
nature is just a rainforest desert ocean. It's like, no, these are distinct biomes within all of nature, but they're not all one thing. They are all kind of categories of this greater environment of the entire world, but they're each distinct from each other in different ways. They different they have different attributes and serve different purposes for the ecosystem as a whole. And so government, society, culture, the family, like all these things come together in many ways and play together to create this sort of social environment that we have, but they are distinct entities in a way. They're distinct institutions. And that's important, I think. And so to dive into the further distinctions that he makes, what I think is really important to recognize about the difference between Thomas Paine and what he was writing about and what we have as a situation today is who is supposed to rule us as a question. That question that he says, the answer that he gives rather is we need to have rule by the individuals that no person can be a, has divine right to rule. There's no king. There's no person that's better or worse as far as dignity, right? We're all equal in dignity as human beings. And so we all have the right to have a say in how we're governed. And at the time, he said, he points out that even the British Republic at the time was the king somewhat restrained by the House of Peers or the House of, the Lord, House of Lords. And the House of Commons kind of there to help check things a little bit, but basically was ignored whenever they didn't want to listen to it. It was to make people feel better. It was just a show. And even then there was nothing, no representation for the colonies at all, which means that they had no say in how they were governed, basically. For us, we do have a say. We do have the ability to vote. We do have the ability to affect change peacefully in our country. And that I think is a key distinction. And we will see if some of the, I mean, if you start having points where the, like with Franklin Delano Roosevelt trying to pack the court, you know, presidents maybe trying to pressure Congress into not performing their duties of counting the electoral college votes, right? The federal government telling states how to hold their elections. At that point, you start to have constitutional breakdowns that can, especially if you're not, if you're trying to change things without going about the constitution itself, right? Finding a way to amend the constitution in the way that we're given through that document. Now you're saying that we don't have the right to rule ourselves. We don't have the right to govern by the people for the people at that point. And then I think you're in a different point. You're at a, but really those things have not been allowed to happen. There's been People who've threatened it, people who've said things about it, sure, okay. But FDR didn't pack the court. He got some concessions out of it. Trump didn't stop the electoral college vote, whatever. So the fact of the matter is our constitutional system is still working. We still have the ability to affect changes. And the fact of the matter is politics worked out in a way that the conservative side lost this time around because of and, and really had some wins too. It was a mixed bag. They lost the presidency. They gained seats in the House, lost in the Senate because of probably bad politicking more than anything. And 
there's obvious irregularities. There's obvious problems that I think we should have different states pressuring the states that had problems to figure their stuff out, right? We shouldn't have that sort of issue. But the biggest thing that Thomas Paine talks about here and that the founders advocate for is that the government has to be by the people for the people. And as long as you have that, you have recourse through legal means, then violence is not necessary in that point. And I don't think we've gotten to the point where violence would be necessary. I, I, I don't think we're really close to that, really. I think we could even find peaceful ways to separate the states if we had to, because I think the states have grown apart in a lot of ways. But regardless of all of that, I think the other big thing that we draw on here is what I love is the basis of why and how we set up our government the way we did. And Thomas Paine talks a lot about society sort of having this way of governing itself and not in this sort of radical anarchist way, but in a honest look at early societies at, he even points out in the Bible, in the Old Testament with the judges and with the early Hebrews before they asked for a king. He, he cites that whole part where they asked for a king and God's sadness, right? He talks about how monarchy is not right how it's not natural. And as someone who was flirting with the idea of, wouldn't it be great to have a Catholic theocracy? I, I look back at that and say, you know, no, I actually, I don't think that the worldly monarchies are anything good. I mean, they have some good things that come from them, but he points out a lot of counterpoints to the positives that I think are important. And so if you want to look at a good, discourse on republics versus monarchies and why we have a system a lot of really early seeds of how we built our system i think this is a great pamphlet to look and i think it's a great rallying cry as well to see how there are people who stay neutral how there are people who are all in for the cause and how there are people who are against the cause and how he kind of handles that i think he there's a bit of that thing. I see a lot of people doing it today where it's, you need to be a patriot. If you're not doing X, Y, Z, then you're not a patriot. If you're not doing ABC, then you're not a patriot. And I think that he does have that sort of rallying cry here, but it actually holds water. And I think that when you see his arguments here, you'll see why so many of the arguments that we have today fall short. And that's why I think you need to read Common Sense. You need to put what we're seeing today in perspective and recognize that the tyranny that we complain about, while it is far worse as far as the liberties being infringed upon by our government, we are the ones putting those liberties or those infringements into action, right? We are the ones who are enacting those laws vicariously through our representatives. And so we still have ways to fix that. And we still have ways to push back. And I think we should. We have means to do that. And I've offered ideas in the past, like my Jefferson Amendment to make bills clearer. I think that repealing certain amendments like the income, federal income tax, repealing uh, democratically elected senators, we can do those things and really reclaim a lot of the power and the ability to preserve liberty in a much better way. And 
I just want to see us fight that way. I want to, I want us to see us stop crying and moaning all the time and whining and instead take some action and put forth some serious ideas that could solve the problems and push back against the infringements on liberty and to find liberty-minded people, people who see liberty as maybe not the, but a primary political value, come together around that. And even if it's not as extreme as some people think, and it's a little bit more than some people are comfortable with, find a way to bring those people together and expand liberty. Because I think when we do that, we will see a better people out of it. And that's what I want for my country. And that's what I want for my our posterity for my children and my grandchildren and great grandchildren is a freer society that allows them to become more than I can because they have the liberty, they have the ability to do that. And the ability to do that in a virtuous, good, and rightly ordered way, not to be free to, you know, like what our society is moving towards with licentiousness and all sorts of problems with that. Instead, I want to see an ordered, virtuous liberty and i think we need people fighting for that and if you read common sense you will see how to do how to fight for it when it's necessary and a lot of the arguments against top-down rule and why it's bad and how it doesn't work and so that's why i think you should check that book out that link is in the show notes if you buy it through my link that helps me out and this is a great copy with a little bit of an introduction to give you a little insight to into the book. And also, like I said, make sure you're subscribing wherever you're listening to this on podcasts, or if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe. If you want to get content early and get some extra content and a copy of my book sent to you, then go to locals. My, my locals community you can search it just conversation of our generation or go to conversation of our generation.locals.com to get signed up there. It's just $2 a month and you get my book. I'm going to like I said, rolling out extra content, maybe some more personal conversations with me. So I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm trying to see what people want there, but we need to get some members in there. So definitely. And if you just like what I'm doing and you want to support and you don't, I totally get, you know, saying, Hey, I'm not going to be in this community all the time. Fine. That's okay. You can just do $2 a month. If it's, you know, I give you about eight podcasts a month, extra articles, all sorts of stuff. If that's worth $2 a month to you, if you think you get $2 of value, you know, half a Starbucks coffee, unless you're in California, that's like a third of a Starbucks coffee, I'm sure, right? If you're in New York, it's like a fifth or sixth of a pack of cigarettes. Um, if you get as much value out of what I do as any of those things, just that two bucks a month really helps it, me to kind of pull away and be able to do more here if i could do this full time i would have so much more fun bringing these things to you and i think you would get so much more out of the conversation for our generation better guests all of those things that takes my time and attention and as long as this isn't my full-time gig then my attentions split other places so definitely check out the locals community there'll be more uh updates on that but Thank you for listening to this episode of The Conversation of Our Generation. Let's get the dialogue going. I'll talk to you next time.